Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The champs are here. Colorado State men's basketball. Wow. An absurd comeback. The Rams, they trailed by as much as 20 in the second half. Outscore Northeastern 51 to 25 in the second half. End up pulling the the title game 71 to 61. They cover in the process. (laughs) Just an insanely impressive comeback from CSU. Really resilient effort. We are going to be talking about that. We're going to dive into the fourth place game as well. CU, kind of an ugly one, but they come back to beat Brown in an impressive comeback in its own right. So a lot of good vibes, a lot of good vibes surrounding the Rocky Mountain region and college basketball as a whole. I'm on cloud nine right now. I mean, just a crazy comeback. And and even Hank's feeling good. DNVR Buff's feeling good because he got in on the action when CSU was at plus 900. Hank. Why did you feel like CSU had a chance to come back in this one? Was it just a gut feeling or were you just kind of trying to play the odds there? I mean, it's basketball. Like that's what happens in basketball is one team goes down and then they get hot and then they at least get back into it. Maybe it's just because I watched the Nuggets so much that that, that's always what happens there. And you have that combined with the fact that Colorado is starting every game so slowly and then figures out how to win five out of six of them so far. But I guess when you just watch Colorado and Denver Nuggets basketball, you'll, you, you take the plus 900 regardless of the situation. And guess what? It worked out because that's what happens in basketball. Basketball is just chaos. Sorry about that. My dog turned on the, uh, the TV in the background, but mm. yeah, I mean this, this, <laughs> this was a college <laughs> basketball game. If there ever was one 
CSU about as ugly of a start as you could imagine. I mean, the Rams could not make a jump shot to save their lives early. Mm -hmm. Looking like a team that had played three games in four days. And I think you could really say that about CSU and CU in this one. And really, I mean, anybody fatigue's going to play a factor at this stage of the tournament. But what, what really stood out to me about CSU in this one is just their, their resolve on defense. And obviously in the second half, they just pressured the hell out of Northeastern, completely stifled them, really got them frustrated. Northeastern came back with a little nice run to, you know, cut it to like five, I think at one point in the second half, but really from like 14 minutes on in, in the second half, CSU just completely dominated this game. You've been somewhat skeptical to give CSU praise at this point. 3-0 and in the tournament, when are you going to start giving the Rams their due? Just give the ball to David Roddy. Like, I don't get it. Like, what, what is this thing that happens where what they they scored 20, 20 something points in the first half and nobody can make a shot except David Roddy's sitting there at four or six. They're doubling him every time he gets the ball. It's like, even if you don't want him to shoot it, like, at least let him throw to whoever's open. And then in the second half, they just feed David Roddy and all of the problems go away. He is the LeBron James of Mountain West basketball. <laughs> like to, to, to wait until you you get to the second half and you're like, hmm, it does seem like this this David Roddy guy, things are really working for him. It's every night. It's every night that that happens. Just beat him the ball every night and they'll be just fine. And they'll open everybody else up and so they'll play to their abilities too. It has been, I've been frustrated by this tournament, which is crazy because what? He put up, it was over 30 points per game in the tournament and I still feel like there was more out there for him. But for some reason, he just didn't get the ball enough. Yeah, CSU, they, they definitely were a little bit reliant on the jump shots early. Mm-hmm. I mean, in their defense, those were shots that were falling against Creighton. They couldn't True. miss from three-point. That's obviously not going to be the regularity. And I think it was good that they were able to adjust down the stretch. Again, you know, you're right. If Roddy is scoring at will, you just kind of have to feed him. And, and we <laughs> saw that in the second half. I mean... 10 of 13 from the floor. The fact that he just continues to produce like this on, on such efficient outings, it's just like defensively, I, I really don't know what you're supposed to do. More of a, a typical Roddy performance in this one, only one of three from deep, did hit six of seven free throws. I don't know. I just, I can't nitpick too much, man. Like I, I agree sure. with the criticism in a sense, but it also makes sense. You see that with basketball teams when they come out, the lights out from three, the next game, like, all right, let's get it going again. It just wasn't happening. That was kind of the main difference, I think, between CSU and CU in this one. Neither neither team could buy a bucket in the first half. The buffs weren't quite so three-point heavy in that first half against Brown, though. Yeah, and, you know, for CSU, the other thing is that, like, that Creighton game, Creighton just wants to get out and run. Like, they want to play super fast basketball, almost like NBA-style basketball where you're just sprinting all over the place. And then you play a game like the game tonight where that's just super physical. And and it's one thing to be saying, okay, we're, we're able to get these open looks. We, we can shoot the ball in these running type of games. When they're playing physically, you got to just go bang with them in the post. And it's David Roddy. Like, like you have David Roddy. It's... It worked out, obviously. And maybe the plan is just like, hey, we know that we're just going to ride him so hard in the second half. We can't do that in the first half. But uh, he was easily the best player on the court again tonight. And it was obvious from the jump. And in these very physical games where you're going to have to grind out every single point, at least until you crack him like you did in the second half, just 
give the man the ball and tell him to go to work. Cause just watching him down there in the post, it's incredible. Like he, there, there was one possession early on in the game. Uh, I think it was after they had started doubling him where mm. he gets the ball and somebody kind of jumps him a little bit and he takes a little step in and he spins back around. And as he spins, you can see him like looking for that defender to see, is he, is he still sticking right there? Can I make the pass? It's like, no, he's not. So he finishes the spin. He takes a little step and knocks down the shot. And just that sort of control and that sort of decision-making is something that you just, again, just have to take advantage of. Again, they had the great run, and you can't complain because they covered. But I still do think that there was more out there for him tonight. And maybe I think it's maybe a bit of a double-edged point. sword, though, right? It, it's kind of like the same criticism of Nikola Jokic. There are times where people are like, why are you being so passive? But then at the same time, he gets credited for being such an unselfish superstar trying to get his teammates involved. That's, you know, Roddy and Steven's MO, regardless of whether they're hot, they're, they're not the type of guys that are just going to repeatedly be like, give me the ball, give me the ball and, and do it. There are stretches where they'll do it. And we saw that in the second half where Roddy had nine consecutive points at one point for CSU. Obviously made all the difference. I mean, 27 points again in this one. Paradise Jam Tournament MVP. Uh, our DraftKings king of the game, obviously. I mean, it's I'm not even a debate. <laughs> the, the way he continues to produce at, the, at this point is insane. But, you know, it, it was really a, a nice game for a lot of guys. Roddy obviously gets the, the credit, and, and as he should. Isaiah Stevens, not a great game shooting in this one. Four of 12, only one of five from, from deep. But he did. He really drove late in the game, drew some really important free throws, went four of five at the line, had three rebounds, led the team in assists. He continues to facilitate and, and create opportunities for everyone on the floor. Just a really tremendous point guard. And, and you need some more production. I mean, you only get three points out of Deshaun Thomas, five out of Kendall Moore, four out of Adam Thistlewood. That's 12 combined points out of three starters. You need more. You need more from those guys. And that was a big part of why CSU was down. Nobody outside of Roddy could really get it going. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there was one point pretty late in the game because Stevens Steven scored some of his pain, points a little bit later on, but it was like David Roddy. He might have already been 10 of 13 at the time, and the rest of the team was something like 10 of 31. And just like even, even the 10 shots they did make, I, maybe it's just because I've only seen this team for three games now. Uh, and so, like, the shock factor of David Roddy is still kind of setting in. But it's like, they make those 10 shots. I want to give credit for five of them to David Roddy. Like, that's just, <laughs> just the way that I feel about how that game went, where you just put the ball in his hands and good things will happen. That was, I mean, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch. And it's really fun to watch him do it over a three-game period. But, yeah, I mean... Again, we mentioned this the first game, but you know, I'd heard the Thistlewood name a little bit, and he didn't really pop in this tournament. It's whatever. It's a three-game stretch. It's basketball, and they won all three games, so it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, Stevens, his shot wasn't falling. Um, had eight assists, though. Eight assists, and that's what you want. And again, everything just opened up in that second half because you're able to pound them. It's similar to that Buffs game where you just have to be physical in the paint against a physical team. Like, that's just the way it works. If you're going to let them be physical defensively and your counter is just to take a bunch of jump shots or shoot three-pointers, it's not going to work. Like That is what they want you to do. That's what the whole game plan is. You have to go in there and you have to beat them in there and you have to make them commit more players down there. And then the the shots will open up a little bit. Um, 
And I think that, you know what, if, if they had kind of committed to going harder in the paint earlier in the game, I bet the shooting numbers are better for everybody else just because everything opens up just a little bit sooner. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta love the paint like the three. That's what Nico Medved always says. That's CSU's bread and butter. I mean, you have David Roddy, he's unstoppable in the post. James Moore's Deshaun Thomas have looked more aggressive down low. I'd like to see Thistlewood get involved in that a little bit. I'd also just like to see him look for a shot a little bit. Oh, a two from three in this one. He only played 14 minutes. He's still in the process of getting healthy as is Kendall Moore. I do think both of those guys defensively made a big difference, but the thing about CSU and it, it obviously stood out in the Creighton game, but it stood out in this one as well. It's just the depth that the Rams can throw at you. They go 10 deep, 19 points from the bench in this one compared to zero. You know, Northeastern got all 61 points from their starters outside of Roddy. That's kind of different. The difference in this game is mm-hmm. Northeastern didn't have anybody else that they could go to CSU able to get some clutch production out of Tanjay, you know, Jalen Lake, true freshman makes a couple of a really big buckets. It's, it's just good to see CSU throwing so many guys and, and being able to rely on them because, you know, as we talked about the other night, you can't necessarily count on Roddy to go for 30 a night. At this point, it, it seems like you can, but uh, yeah. there's going to be a game at some point, you know, where the shots just aren't falling and, and you need some of these other guys to step up. Yeah. And the other thing, and maybe I should have more thoughts about things that aren't David Roddy, but again, how after this stretch, I'm not going to talk about something other than David Roddy. Um, he, I, I wonder if when you play Mountain West teams, they they kind of respect David Roddy more. Um, and, and you know when you when you're playing Northeastern, when you're playing some of these teams that you don't see very often, maybe you do need to kind of show them what you have in David Roddy. In the same, well, you know, I use the LeBron James of the Mountain West comparison. Keeping that going, I mean, LeBron, any game he plays in the NBA, everybody's quick to help and, and get over there, and they've all got an eye on him. And when you play, they, these guys have played David Roddy in the Mountain West for a few years now. They know that, and, and they can treat him a little bit that way. When you play these teams for the first time, you still got to go out there and kind of assert your dominance, and then that opens things up. So I wonder if maybe that was another factor too. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that. I will say I was especially Creighton. I mean, they just, they never doubled Roddy at any point in that game and he's just killing them for 36. We did see Northeastern try and double him occasionally. It wasn't necessarily every possession, but usually when he got down low, they would kind of send help. Yep. Both of these teams really actually did a good job of sending the guards in to kind of help. Uh, The Rams did a great job in particular of containing Chris Doherty. I mean, he's their superstar forward. He fouled out in this one, had 10 rebounds, but only six points, two of five from the field. That's as good as it gets. I mean, that guy's a Notre Dame transfer. He's played some big-time basketball in his career. He didn't even play a factor in this one. And I do think, especially, I mean, if Roddy continues to produce at this rate, it's it's clear that defenses and, and opposing teams are are going to scheme in on him. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that would make sense. If, if I'm an opposing team at this point, I'm going to be like, anybody else? You know, if Stevens is going to go yep. out for 35, if Thomas is going to drop 22, if Tanjay's going to go for 20, we can live with that, but we can't let Roddy go for 35. Uh, he's going to get some attention, but <laughs> he's just, he's so skilled and he's so good at creating space and, and such a gifted passer. A lot of the times it doesn't even matter because if you double him, he's just going to find an open shooter exactly. along the perimeter. And it, it's just a brutal matchup. I mean, these guys are, are playing such good basketball. This is, this is the most talented CSU basketball team in my lifetime. And obviously it's early, you know, it, it wasn't perfect. We saw Bradley, 
and we saw Northeastern, both of the teams with length, both teams that play physical, mm-hmm. give the Rams some trouble. But these are games in the past that CSU just would have got bullied. You know, they, they would have lost a low-scoring game, and that would have been it. This Rams team, they're just going to keep coming at you. And whether it's Roddy or the guys off the bench, they're just going to keep throwing people at you until it works. And I'm pumped. They have a really good chance to keep this winning streak going over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, don't want to overlook anybody or anything like that, but just a really impressive showing these last couple of games. For sure. And just basketball is a game of stars. And maybe less so in college basketball just because there aren't as many. But when you are a team that has a clear star player, you you let that decide the game. You know, you you make the other team decide, are we doubling David Roddy or are we letting David Roddy score 30 points? And if they say we're letting him score 30 points, let him go score the 30 points. Don't get too cute with it. If they double him, you pass him the ball, make him double, get it to whoever's open. Like this, this offense... Again, I guess the shots weren't really falling, and that is a big factor tonight. But for the most part, I mean, you're not necessarily going to shoot 50% from three every night, but you're also going to expect better than 21%, which is what we saw tonight. Just play through David Roddy, get him touches, and then that will open everything else. And that is, I know I've said this a couple times, but you just got to say it over and over again until it happens. My goodness, just feed the man. The thing is, is is as poor of a, a shooting performance as it was, and it definitely wasn't a banner night from CSU behind the arc, they hit some really timely threes in this one, especially, you know, down the stretch in that second half. And that's kind of what you got to do. You know, if they aren't falling, you do occasionally just kind of have to knock a couple of down. And I felt like they hit a couple of daggers where Northeastern, you could just kind of, mm-hmm. you could feel the energy on the floor. Like after that, Northeastern started pressing, you know, the Rams started forcing some turnovers and just... Big time execution, you know, they, they were able to produce when it mattered most after really getting dominated in the paint. I mean, part of it was C was so hot from three in that last game that naturally there was going to be a big disparity in points in the paint. CSU is able to take this one 32 to 22. And I just think that's a big deal because, again, you're going up against another team that has a significant size advantage. And that's going to be a common factor for CSU this year. You still got to play Mississippi State. You still got to play Alabama, San Diego State, UNLV, Utah State. All of these teams have big physical guys that like to challenge you and you know it's not always going to be easy but the thing that just really stands out to me in this tournament is is the resiliency from CSU that and obviously you know David fucking Roddy this dude is he's here he's there he's everywhere and I'm just having a blast watching him Um, let's let's talk about the buffs win as well though because obviously (laughs) got CU fans in here as well it's a a nice comeback win (laughs) really ugly against Brown we kind of had a a sicko game going there for a while where mm-hmm. neither team was able to do much of anything. I actually felt like Brown created better looks in this game. Like I feel like their offense had better flow. They just, they couldn't hit shots. It was similar to CSU, but they, they just never really figured it out. And CU man, they were physical down the stretch. They kept battling. They leaned on their stars, Batty and, and Jabari Walker were re- really clutched down the stretch. What's out the most to you about CU in this comeback? I mean, it's just, it's it's what we expect, right? Like, in hindsight, when you know that Brown, what, Brown has had the Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year like for the last seven years. They're always leading in like rebounding. They've got some really good defenders. They want to play really slow, really ugly basketball. Meanwhile, this is a team that's coached by Tad Boyle who really just wants to play physical defense and doesn't care what happens on the offensive side of the court. 
And so in hindsight, you look at it, and it's like, what well, it was 20 to 20 at halftime or something like that. Maybe not. I, I think Brown actually had a lead now. I think but 30 to 24. It should that makes sense though. Like when you actually think about it, it's just when you watch it happen, you're just like, what is happening here? Five points in the first five minutes, not ideal. But yeah, I mean they they figured some things out. Um one of nine from three. Just going through these numbers again, it's just like, <laughs> this isn't even basketball anymore. This is just out there pushing guys around. But again, I mean, you gotta be able to win these games. And at the end of the day, that's what they did. They went out there, they they rode the roller coaster and they came out on top and you know at some point you do want to see them just get a couple of easy wins but we knew the game that this season was just going to be a roller coaster and every game was going to be a roller coaster doesn't necessarily mean you need to start by just tanking the first five minutes every single game but who knows maybe that means they're due for a a nice sharp performance i think the other thing that, that i really stands out to me is the fact that you know they had their let's see first game of paradise jam was friday and they had a game Tuesday, travel Wednesday. And so they couldn't practice, or no, game Monday, couldn't practice Tuesday because you need an NCAA mandated off day, whatever. Travel Wednesday. Point is, they haven't had a practice since who knows how long ago. And now they're going to get back late tomorrow night and they don't play again until a home game on Sunday against Stanford. This is a team that needs those practices. And, and, and I, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm too low on them because I'm not. Because again, it's kind of what you expect with a young team, especially a team coached this way going up against Brown. Yeah, maybe you still win by like eight points instead of two or whatever, but they'll get back. They'll get sharp. They'll, they have a good coaching staff and it's a learning experience and packing a bunch of games in a short period of time. It means you don't get practices. It's a really good experience though. The The first legitimate action that i got to watch colorado has been these three games mm-hmm. in the paradise jam i went back and, and watched some condensed games before the tournament started but the thing that's really stood out to me about cu these last couple of games is just how stagnant their offense is when you watch csu it's a lot of cutting guys are setting screens they're they're trying to create for each other i feel like the buffs they kind of just try and play bully ball it's a lot of isolation and and i know guys like jabari walker are certainly capable of, of playing that way and so is batty you know they can kind of just use that physicality and lean on it but at some point some of these other guys it's like move cut try and yep. draw the defender out of the way they just every single game just kind of let the defenders go at them and they're like well we're gonna bang at you bang at you kind of force a layup in and, and they haven't really had the touchdown low yep i just they, they got it they got to share the ball more they got to move more it's just way too much stagnant I agree. I agree. They definitely needs to be more movement and more cutting. But I also, I don't know, this This was a long day of thinking about basketball for me with all the things that we've been doing. And it was actually when I was walking back from Subway for the second time today, where I was like, well, you don't just want them necessarily just like sprinting around. Maybe it'd be an upgrade over what we saw, but a lot of it's just chemistry and understanding who does what and who's good at what. And that's know. a fair point and that's now a big the, difference between csu and cu is you have a team sure. that's played together for three years they you know they can if you're a guard you can sense you know david roddy's doing this he's gonna go to the hoop mm-hmm. here i should go to the corner in case they send help like that is gonna come with time as they work some of these guys into the rotation and, and figure it out because they do have good talent like you can see the athleticism with that roster yeah it, it, there's just like there's things like 
six games in, we now know for sure they want to play through a big man in the high post quite a bit. Whether it's Evan Batty, whether it's Lawson Lovering, that is a thing that they want to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's because Nicole Jokic is right down the road and these coaches are like looking at that saying, oh, this is a good offense because you see Evan Batty up there. And, you know, sometimes it's just a pick and roll where the point guard or whatever guard has, has the ball, just a simple pick and roll. Sometimes he has the ball and it's a little dribble handoff. Sometimes it's a little option. Sometimes you curl around and go to the rim. Sometimes they cut in front of him. If the defenders, just like the way that the Nuggets kind of run through Nikola Jokic, you're just not seeing, honestly, I think a lot of it is just Evan Batty not necessarily seeing the looks. Like there's one in particular where Keyshawn is charging hard at him um, and then just cuts in front because the defender overcommits. And he has a step going to the basket, but that little touch pass just right over the top where it's wide open Evan doesn't make the pass. And again, it's a tough thing to do, and it's new a new look that they're trying to implement this season. And I think it's going to get there because Evan is a good passer, and he is smart and can make those reads. And you have guards who are athletic enough to make it work. But, you know, you just need to make the pass when the pass is there. You need to make the handoff when the handoff is there. And when the pass is there, you don't want somebody like cutting baseline because then it just ruins all of the spacing down there. And so when you have these little things that you're working on up top that just aren't quite clicking, you you got to get that part down first and then you can figure out some of the other cutters. And that's just one of the looks that they run and it's just not quite there yet, which isn't too big of a surprise. And... You know, we didn't, again, we knew that it was going to be ugly to start, that this is a team that's going to get much better throughout the season, which I guess isn't a guarantee, but you hope they figure some little things like that out. But we just didn't know what exactly that would look like. And now we're starting to see what that looks like. And just those little reads, Evan needs to make those, get those going, and then the cutters work off of it. And it'll come, it'll come. But there is, it is very stagnant right now because then he just gets stuck standing where, there with the ball and you wasted six seconds and you're right back where you started. Like you said, I mean, that stuff will come with time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a feel it out process. The, the big thing is, is when you do run stuff like that is you got to be able to improvise when the defense shuts down that initial read, you know, like, okay, this didn't work. Now what are we going to do? Let's reset. Let's try and create something else. The buffs kind of seem to be all right, this is what we're going to run. And then if it doesn't work, it's just, you know, some guy kind of trying to bully his way to the hoop and we'll see. I agree. I think it'll, it'll come with time. Um, I mentioned that I want to see more production from, you know, some of the veterans on the roster, some of the other starters. I think you could really make similar comments about CU in a sense, like, you know, seven points for Bartholomew, only six points for De Silva. Like you need some of these guys to produce more, uh, you know, only two points from Parquet. Like these are, these are guys that have played minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the tough part is that like, so you have your two seniors, everybody else on scholarship is a freshman or sophomore. And so your two seniors, Evan Batty, Elijah Parquet, good basketball players. You know, they're, they are true starters in the Pac-12, but they're role players. Neither one of them is just like your dominant play through them, get the ball to them every possession. And you see more of that with Evan just because there's some things he can do and you can take the load off of these guards a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I he put up 16 points tonight and I I didn't think there'd be that many 16-point games this season. We've seen, we've seen more of those than I would have expected. Um, with Elijah Parquet, you know, he's a defender. And last year he turned into a 3 and D guy. And this year we've seen a little bit of like a, 
an off the dribble game that definitely was not there before. And they're positive signs, but Cat has been very clear in that he just wants these guys to keep doing their job. And that's kind of the tough part where it's, it's tough when you only have two seniors. It's even tougher when they aren't necessarily ball dominant seniors who just say, get them the, the ball and they'll go get you a bucket. And so you just rely on, you know, Keyshawn has been in the program. This is his third year. You got Tristan Jabari in their second years. Um, Neek in his second year. Luke O'Brien in his second year. Just needs whatever. Was that six guys, five guys, five guys? So you need three of them on on a given night. Tonight, they didn't have that, but it worked out. You know, I don't want to dog. I'm not dogging him by any means, but mm-hmm. I think the big difference is when you kind of look at these these two big guys is, yeah, Batty got you 16 points, but it's on 15 field goal attempts, mm-hmm. whereas, like, you know, you're getting, like, 13 of 15 from the floor from Roddy, and, and it's just not super efficient. It really, I mean, not really that efficient from anybody. Jabari Walker, 3 of 8, he had 10 points. I put him down as the DraftKings king of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I should have consulted with you first, but I 10 That's points, 12 rebounds, a couple of blocks. I felt like it was his energy. He had a really big steal in transition yep. at one point when the, the game was tied. I kind of just felt like he kept CU in this one with his effort. Yeah, I mean, he was really good defensively today, particularly in that second half. Um, just lockdown. You know, you have the blocks, you have the steal. But it was just possession of possession where he was in there banging in the post in a way that, you know, we we had questions about because he is a younger big man and he can be a little bit frail and he isn't necessarily the strongest guy, but he was in there fighting. He was in there working. He, he made things tough, clogging things up with Batty. And I think that that's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, but yeah, and just to go back to Evan's efficiency, you know, I tweeted this uh, during the game, but it was... It felt like the offensive game plan was just like mess around for 20 seconds and get the ball to Evan and let him bail you out. I think at one point he had 12 shots and nobody else on the team had five just just because nobody could get open. It's like, well, Evan, get down in the post. See if you can throw a hookup and get it in. Uh, But yeah, the other big thing that stands out is just you need some finishing. The guards are, are explosive and they can get downhill it's just that last step of putting the ball in the basket, which is something we saw from Nick Clifford last year. He kind of struggled with that. But for the most part so far this season, he seems to have taken a step forward. Keyshawn, I mean, he put up 20 points a game through those first three games and has struggled a little bit. I mean, what, seven points in this one? Uh, it was 12 and 12 in the two games before that. You need more out of him. And you just need him to get back some of that efficiency too. So it's just going to be a nightly battle and not even, not even a nightly battle. It's like a minutely battle with this team where you just don't know what's going to happen, but they're pulling out wins and they're good defensively and they're pounding guys inside when the three balls falling, everything's going to be just fine when it's not there's, they've got some work to do. What's your biggest takeaway from CU in this tournament, and then I'll give a, a couple more thoughts on CSU, and, and we'll get out of here. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, maybe the biggest thing is just that they're not like gods from the three-point line. You know, you come into the tournament, 46%, nobody else above, or nobody at 41%, I believe, in the Pac-12 before this. And you know it's only three games, and it's a small sample size, 
But that basically just means, okay, you've got these three games. If you keep keep it going for these three games, then that is potentially who you are. You are a, a, a good three-point shooting team. And they did not do that. And so now we're back to where we were at the beginning of the season saying, eh, they're, they're going to be hot. They're going to be cold. They've got some talent. They've got some good-looking jump shots. There's young guys, and you don't know if they're going to fall night in, night out. And so that might be the biggest takeaway. That's a good question, though. I'd agree with that. I would agree with that. Here, we got a question here. Mm-hmm. Who can score consistently for the buffs? I feel like they're just missing that go-to guy. I mean, that's kind of the point we've been making here is yep. they don't really have anyone that they can just, you know, we're just going to give it to David Roddy and let him get us a bucket here. Mm-hmm. I think Walker could be that guy. He's got to be a little bit more consistent with his jump shot. I think, you know, kind of scoring some mid-range points would be good because it's just going to open up the floor for him, but yeah, they they just don't really have anybody to lean on as that superstar like bucket getter. They're they're really missing McKinley Wright this year. Yeah, for sure. And I think that you know it's it's not necessarily that they don't have one. It's that we have no idea who it will be. Like one of these guys at some point will absolutely be that guy. You know, whether it's Tristan De Silva or Jabari Walker, or Keyshawn Bartholomew, or Lawson Lovering or KJ Simpson. But the question is like how many of them and was it this year or is it two years from now? Is it three years from now? And so this is kind of, again, just like a development game or just, you got to get everybody touches and see who pops. And you know, for those first three games, it was Keyshawn put up 19 points then 20 points then 22 points. And you're saying, okay, there it is. There's, there's the, your the first guy you give the ball to, you know, you start the game, you give the ball to Keyshawn, you let him go get points. You make the defense adjust and then you figure out what opens up from there. Well, that's not the case because he didn't do it in these three games. I think you're still probably the first guy you look to. Maybe it is Jabari now. Maybe it's Evan in the post and just see if you can force him to pack it in inside. But yeah, I mean, as of right now, you're just waiting and seeing until somebody steps up and kind of takes that job. Wait and see process. College basketball, it's a long season, obviously. I mean... Mm -hmm. Most people haven't even started tuning in yet at this point. A lot of people are still, you know, fully in college football mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the nerds like me that are stoked about November basketball. But uh, just going to wrap it up here with some final thoughts on CSU. Obviously, really resilient effort. And just enjoy the ride. I think that's going to be my, my message to CSU fans. Obviously, it wasn't perfect tonight. And there's going to be, there'll be another game like this. And, and they may not pull it out. It's clear that this team is talent. It's clear that this team can go, you know, toe to toe with any program of similar size, you know, across the country. Obviously, we'll kind of see what happens against some of these SEC schools, you know, if they make the NCAA tournament and all that. But at this point, I just think you, you've got to be riding so high as CSU fans after mm-hmm. such a frustrating, such a frustrating football season. The men's team 6-0, Paradise Champions. The women's team 5-0, combined 11-0, best start since 2000. Volleyball team just won the Mountain West Championship. There is a lot to be proud of. But at the moment, it is this men's basketball team and and their absurd potential because I think this is a a sweet 16-type team. I know it's early. I know, obviously, I'm getting a little bit caught up in the moment. It's, you know, right after a 20-point comeback, but... This isn't the first time we've seen it. I mean, we've seen CSU come back before. They came down from 26 against San Diego State on the road last year, pulled that one out. 
This is just a resilient, resilient team. You're never going to see them lay down at any point. I mean, when they went down 20 in the second half, there were there was a part of me that's like, oh God, like everybody's going to panic. They're going to, oh, these this team's a fraud now. You know, they can't get it done in the big moment. They did get it done in the yep. big moment. They are champs, and it feels really freaking good. Hank, thank you for joining me. This was a lot of fun. It was it was great to keep up with the Paradise Jam. Um, just before we go, I want to thank everybody for their kind messages. Um, been a tough couple of days for me personally. This basketball tournament has been a really nice distraction, and I really appreciate everybody and what they said. It means a lot. It did not go unnoticed. Couldn't respond to everybody, but I just wanted to thank you all. Thank you for keeping up with our content. Make sure you follow Hank, everything he does at DNVR Buffs. I obviously have you kept up to date on the Rams side. Have a great night, y'all. Enjoy this feel-good day.